Hey there, it's JVL. On The Secret Show today with Sarah Longwell, we talked about the gigantic piece about Rupert Murdoch and Tucker Carlson, and also the other gigantic piece about General Mark Milley. Here's the show. So we should preface this by saying that this is an excerpt from a Michael Wolf book about the end of Fox. And Michael Wolf tells, he's a fabulous storyteller. And many of the things he reports are true. Yeah. yeah. But not all of them. Not all of them. His, he writes in this omniscient voice with there being almost no sourcing at all, you know, with lots and lots of verbatim quotes of conversations. Uh, and so this is not like reading Woodward and Costa, where you can 100% trust everything. Right. Uh, and I actually recall specifically, he had that uh, book about Trump. He was one of the first people out with a Trump book. And he remember, he just like sat, somebody let him just sit yeah. in the White House. Just sat in the White House. But he also alleged in that book that Trump and Nikki Haley were sleeping together. Yeah, I think that he, uh, but again, I... I, this is not the first time that Michael Wolf's credibility has been called into question. He is not revered by his peers, yeah. uh, and so again, you you gotta you gotta read between the lines and do your own. You gotta do your own research, hmm. as the people say. Uh, so, what struck you most? I mean, the the best part of it is Ron and Casey DeSantis coming to dinner at the Carlson's house. And Ron DeSantis, like, shoving one of their dogs under the table, maybe kicking their dog. And Susie Carlson, who I've known for a long time, saying, I never want to be around that person again. Yeah. So I, I the Susie Carlson thing was interesting because obviously I, it's never really occurred to me, like, who is married to Tucker Carlson? And the description of her in the piece is that she is a uh, stay-at-home mom who is concerned with manners, her children, her dogs, and, like, re- loves to read books. Um, and so she is, what, genteel? And it's nobody's, pretty good description of Nobody said old money, but I got this. There was a lot of um, kind of old money that – and not just her, but, like, that's what Murdoch is, right? This, like, old money Republican who believes in a certain gentility in the way you do things. And so these like gauche Donald Trump type Republicans is gross and uh, and and would also be gross to somebody like Susie Carlson. Because actually what most struck me just overall in the piece, although that incident is a good one, is the fact that Murdoch likes Carlson. Like did not like the persona that he was presenting on television, but still felt close to him. And like his whole thing. I uh, feel seen. <laughs> yeah. If you would like to equate, if you would like to equate yourself with Rupert Murdoch in this piece, who I do not think comes off as a particularly uh, moral person. Like when you say that there was a good line that was like, Murdoch would say of Carlson, but he doesn't really mean it, as though that is a defense. Yeah, that was a good line. And I think that's true. The idea that, oh, but he doesn't really mean it, that's not a defense. It's an indictment of one's character. Yeah. No, I mean, look, you're not wrong. Um, But I I found it hysterical that uh, Murdoch, again, reportedly, absolutely detests Sean Hannity. 
and like, yeah. do anything not to be near Sean Hannity. But Tucker, he enjoyed hanging out with Tucker. He likes Tucker. <laughs> thinks Tucker's smart. Um, but no, this incident, right, where the, so they invite the DeSantis's over and that this is part of, right, so Murdoch wants to do anything he possibly can to get out from under Trump. Right. So seize the opportunity of the de future, which was what that New York Post headline. Mm-hmm. So they're trying really hard to make DeSantis happen to the point where, and this is just at such a gut level, the extent to which the Fox News is just, we know this, this is, but the mouthpiece of the Republican Party, like DeSantis needs to go kiss Tucker's ring to get him on his side and help be a kingmaker for him. Mm-hmm. And when they show up to the house, this is DeSantis kept using his outdoor voice inside. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, so yeah, then it's like pushing the dogs away with his feet uh, to such a degree that, that the wife wonders, uh, Susie wonders whether or not he's in fact kicked a dog. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure. Like, I keep thinking, like, what could be worse to happen to Ron DeSantis at this point? And I'm not sure, like, a story about you potentially kicking a dog might might be might be on the list of things where it could get worse. Uh, it's uh, I mean, look, this it, it just reinforces my my belief that all of these people who hitched their wagon to DeSantis did so without ever actually watching him. <laughs> it was it, it was just an on paper. Like, they just looked at the resume yeah. and were like, yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he deployed with the Navy SEALs and he won re-election by 19 points. So uh, he'll, he'll win. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's pretty good. There's a lot of stuff about how Rupert... So I guess here is the... Here's the thing. I read this entire story as as a synecdoche for the entire Republican Party establishment and its relationship with Trump. Yeah. And you could say that Rupert's story is Kevin McCarthy's story, is Mitch McConnell's story, is Marco Rubio's story they're all the it's the same story for all of them and what happens is they are confronted with the choice between losing something and in rupert's case it's just ratings points yeah just ratings points fox doesn't even make any money from ads it makes its money from carriage fees so it's not like you know going Mm. down in the ratings Means, I mean, they, they were they were barely able to run ads on Tucker's show to begin with because advertisers had no, you know, just like people selling gold coins on his show because the the big big money advertisers want nothing to do with that brand, and so Fox's profits come mostly from cable carriage fees, and that is a declining business anyway, irrespective of whatever your ratings are. Carriage fees is you know the death of linear TV is going to mean that all of that stuff is going away over the course of the next fifteen or twenty years. Rupert has more money than he knows what to do with. And so, but he is obsessed with the number. Like, you know, he's he's running around going, we got to get off of Trump, but but our ratings are down 4%. Uh, how do we fix that? And I, it's just as if, as if it should be free, right? As if doing the right thing should be free. And you know what? If doing the right thing was free, then everyone would do it, <laughs> right? That's, that's why people don't do the right thing. Yeah. Because it it costs. And it's the same for all of them. It's the same for Rubio. It's the same for McConnell. 
And I don't understand not being willing to pay the cost when you have the means to do so. That's what I don't get. Like, I understand, I understand the foot soldiers, right? Somebody who, you know, who was living paycheck to paycheck, who just realizes that they can make a ton of money as a Trump influencer, you know, and like really turn their lives around and do it. Like, okay, I get that. But you know what? Mitch McConnell's going to be fine. If Mitch McConnell lost his Senate seat, he'd be fine. You know, uh, Porter, you know, Bob Porter is fine. All of these people are. They, I, I don't. I really don't get it. You know, and Rupert not being willing to like lose lose a little bit more money a little faster than he would have anyway because the of the decline of linear cable carriage. Uh, I, I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is the nature of Faustian bargains. You're right that they're all the same, right? They all made a bargain to do a thing they knew was wrong to try to get something in return or hold on to something actually Mm -hmm. in in, in most cases. But the thing is, and I think this is um, when people tell this story decades from now, it'll be Shakespearean in the tragic way that ultimately, like the last line is something like, not much of a way for a kingmaker to go out. That's not what it says, but it's 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 like, you know, the voices of his angry children clamoring in his ears uh, because, you know, this family has been split over the aiding abetting uh, of Trump. But it will be a tragedy of the way people sold their souls and just came to ruin in return, right? And like soul ruin, like it, they end up hollow. Like they they thought they were protecting something, but at the end of the day, they're just like empty inside, living with living with the realization that they they help make this happen. And and actually, this is something I uh, I don't know if you saw Tim getting in this argument with Baseball Crank. Uh, that stupid Dan McLaughlin. I promise you, I didn't. No, tell me all about it. No, it's whatever he. You know, there's this way that sort of the the folks who didn't haven't lifted a finger against Trump, but claim to be anti-Trump, but have done nothing but carry their water and talk about how the other side is worse. There's so little self-awareness of the role that they played, right? They're they're in fact they try to take this moral high road that says like no they stuck to their principles because they're pro-life and pro-constitution and so they are they are sticking to their principles the stories that these guys tell themselves i do wonder at what point they do it's that are we the baddies uh but it's like do they look at themselves because this is what it felt like for rupert murdoch that there was this this slow realization that the whole thing had gotten away from him right, that he couldn't control it. But there was not like a reckoning yet of the role he played in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, but here's, you know, history is written by the victors. And I think that story and that reckoning only happens if Trump loses again and the Republican Party eventually overthrows this MAGA insurrection. If Trump wins, 
none of this stuff matters, right? I mean, the the the, the people who who aided and abetted, they're never held to account. They're you know they're just part of the story of Trumpism. You know, Th- this idea that these people will wind up shamed and you know the the be viewed as tragic figures presupposes that the forces of good win. I actually think it's the opposite, though. I think that if Trump wins and we could, like, I, I don't know what events follow that, but I can tell you they're probably pretty bad, uh, at which point I think that's when people are forced to reckon with it. I actually think that a Joe Biden winning, uh, like, kind of lets these guys off the hook, right? Because um, that's what they all want. They want to be like, I didn't do anything with this. I didn't vote for Democrats, but like, we need Joe Biden to win because this guy's bad. Maybe, but you know, if Trump wins, they're just going to keep carrying water for him. I mean, none of them, none of them are going <laughs> to, none of them are going to, going to flip and say, "Oh, wow, wow, this is really bad." Some other nuggets from the the Michael Wolf story: um, Tucker's firing was explicitly part of the deal with uh, with Dominion. And that originally Fox had offered Hannity as the sacrificial lamb. So this was fascinating. So Dominion wanted a billion. Rupert said, I won't do a billion. Like he just, he had to be under 10 figures. That was his, you know, <laughs> it could be 999 billion and not, you know, $999 million, but he wouldn't go to a billion. And so Dominion said, well, what if we went under a billion, but, uh, but you gave us Hannity and Trump, like uh, Trump, uh, Murdoch lowballed them underneath and was like, no, I only want to do, I only want to do 780 million. And they're like, oh, they're going to need a little bit something more then. And he's like, how about Tucker? I'll give you Tucker. And so this was a handshake deal. And the, so these, these bargains are given a week to sort of, uh, you know, see if everybody's complying with them before they actually sign sign the documents at the courthouse. And that's why Tucker was fired six days after the Dominion settlement was announced, which is fascinating. Um, well, I found it fascinating anyway. All, all of this stuff, all the maneuvers with uh, the CNN town hall as well, um, where... This part no, is uh, really interesting. The way that Trump leverages... Uh, his celebrity to play off because like so Fox blackballs him mm-hmm. right Murdoch says no because they're in the tank for DeSantis uh, and they're trying to keep Trump off the air and so Trump says good I'll go to CNN and CNN's happy to take him uh, because Trump knows like Trump's not troubled by the Fox blackball because he believes his celebrity is bigger than all that and he he leverages like Hannity has to call and beg him not to do the CNN town yeah. hall at the same time that Hannity shows on the air when so, Mike Pence is supposed to be the guest. And so Trump originally says that they're going to do the CNN town hall during Hannity's time slot. And only or because as a, out of deference to Tucker. But then when Fox kicks Tucker out, then they say, fine, we'll do it during Tucker's old time slot. And Hannity is totally relieved. And then Hannity starts calling the, the Trump people up and begging Please don't run over the hour. Please don't run into my time slot. <laughs> but the again, the complicity of CNN 
for saying yes. Yeah. CNN agreeing to be a pawn in Trump's war against Fox News is absolutely despicable. Absolutely despicable. And Chris Licks. And an un, and, and interestingly, kind of an unexplained part of the Chris Licht story, right? Yeah. In all of the things in the profile of Chris Licht and all of the backstory around that, that piece that like he was doing it to leverage Trump against Fox uh, was that was something. And, th- and that Trump is the one who then changed the timing out of it. Yeah. Yeah. If true, because this is Michael Wolf. Yeah. But, you know, so originally, again, originally they were going to do it at a different time. And Trump is the one who said, no, we're going to do it at this other time. And it's purely as part of his own, you know, trying to work Fox. Yeah. And it worked, right? I mean, Fox is back on the Trump train and CNN helped make that happen. That's really bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. (sighs) Yeah. Anything else from that... uh, that big piece that stuck out at you? Uh, I mean, it's full of fun stuff. There's that story that kind of got leaked about Rupert's fourth fiance and how she spent the whole dinner with Tucker talking about how he was an agent of God or something. Yeah. And how <laughs> that Rupert called off the engagement. Like two weeks later. Uh, yeah. That's great stuff. Uh, I don't know. Some of the stuff about Tucker as this he's 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 this part about he's not anti-black he's not anti he's just anti-catholic yeah he's not anti-semitic <laughs> he's anti-catholic but that that's actually him saying he's like against people coming to America period like he's against the the like and so that that weird Blue blood, old America, daughters of the American Revolution, my family like landed on Plymouth Rock, like came over on the Mayflower, and therefore we live in a different universe than the rest of you. That stuff uh, I find wild because I just don't understand it. It's so against the concept of America. (laughs) But it is true. I I know (laughs) that this thing exists, but like it's weird to be confronted with it. And also... To have, but this is a, Trump's not exactly the same because um, Trump is always sort of like trashy in his own way. Like he's not of that that group of people. Like they would never uh, accept him. But it is these people who are like insanely rich and their entire lineage has been rich. But somehow what they do is court uh, people that they would never sit down with for one second. Like yeah. that they would never spend time with or let into their club or into their penthouse or sit on their golden toilet. Uh, and those people are so stupid that they fall for it. The yeah. People. Oh, how about the bit about Tucker uh, when he started noodling running for president? And and uh, Trump floating the idea, like, maybe I should have Tucker as my running mate, which could absolutely happen. Which, you know, the more you read about this stuff, like, it's funny – I don't want to the the Millie piece and the Wolf piece are obviously very different, um, but the extent to which Trump like is sort of playing people all the time off of each other, like uh, like the he does he, he I don't know he he really does understand some things about human beings uh, and knows how to how to play them. He's not smart, but he's cunning. 
Yeah. Right? Uh, so let's talk about the Millie piece, which is, is the more important piece and the piece that you can trust everything in because it's Jeff Goldberg right. who had an all-access pass to Mark Millie. Uh, I was... It's a... Like the 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 Tucker and Murdoch thing, like so many of the things that we read now, it is shocking without being surprising. Right. Because we didn't know all of the details, but we all got the sense that these things were happening. It isn't like, you know, hey, it turns out there is an Area 54 and we have aliens there. And people right. go, what? Holy crap, we have aliens. It's, yeah, all this stuff that we thought was happening actually was happening. And it's uh, it's terrifying. The the I had forgotten that uh, Jim Mattis and John Kelly had a pact that they would never both be out of the country at the same time because they were afraid of Trump doing something that would need to be stopped by one of them. What the fuck? I mean, this is... I, I just wrote this in, in today's newsletter. This is a state of affairs which not only had, you know, has never happened before. We have never in America contemplated that it could happen. Yeah. Nobody has ever imagined that we could have a president so dangerous that his own appointees would be coming up with systems to stop him because they believed him to be a danger to the republic. And it's like all in in the Millie piece, all of the the damning stuff, it's not coming from resistance libs. It's not coming from Democrats. It's not coming from people like, you know, never Trumpers like you and me. It's coming from the people Trump appointed to work with him most closely at the highest levels of his own government. And somehow this makes no impression on voters. I don't understand it. Oh, I got to. So... Let me ask you something, actually, before I say this. How did you come away feeling about Millie from this piece? Uh, grateful. Yeah, that's how you felt. Yeah, how about you? Uh, I'm not grateful. I am. It makes me angrier and angrier. Do you know why people don't know this story? Because... These voters don't read The Atlantic. And because these guys do not get up in front of microphones, they didn't then, they don't now, and say, let me tell you what I saw. Like We are in the middle right now of a Republican primary, and every Republican who ever worked with Trump or everybody he appointed knows what a psychopath he is. And every time I read one of these stories where the th scale of the threat, half this piece well, I don't know. Half of the piece of that of that I read. Half is, of the half you read. Half the half I read <laughs> is about our nuclear triad. It's about what it would take to launch it. Do you know why? Because people think that Donald Trump is a psychopath and they want to understand, both this reporter and it, what it would take for Trump to push a button and send us all into nuclear annihilation. Okay, no higher stakes. No higher stakes in the universe. So you what? Sit down with the Atlantic and let them write a really a profile that makes you look like a hero uh, with like nice photographs. Look, I'm not saying he didn't do the right thing when it mattered. I'm not saying he wasn't behind the scenes making like good judgments, although there's also mixed in some very horrible judgments, which he acknowledges. 
right? Mm-hmm. I support this. Like he acknowledges yeah. that him walking out in his fatigues when Trump cleared the protesters, uh, that that was wrong. And he said that publicly and that's good. And And I think that of the on the scale of people who sort of like worked for Trump and and talked on background and were whatever he's he he's up in the higher <laughs> echelons of this but the higher the up these guys are the Mattises Mattis is another one writes a piece for the Atlantic a while back right and it's a a good piece talking about the threat that Trump poses but if this guy poses a threat of nuclear annihilation because he's an insane person who would have control of the button. Why aren't you every day out in front telling Republican voters what you saw constantly on on uh, on TV, constantly uh, pleading with people? Why aren't you getting George W. Bush out there too? Why aren't you getting Condoleezza Rice? Why aren't you convening rooms of everyone who could make a difference and saying, guys, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. What are we going to do about it? What are we all going to do about it? The way that just telling the Atlantic is not enough, and I ha- they hate the way it seems like these guys say, well, you know, I sat for a big profile on the Atlantic, and I told the truth, or I, told a- I did a lot of things on background, and it's in Susan Glasser and Peter Baker's book. That is, do you know who doesn't read Peter Baker and Susan Glasser's book? Why not? Why, why doesn't Cletus read their books, Sarah? Uh, average, it's just... Uh, <laughs> I, don't respond to that. I'm yeah. just baiting you. Anyway, this is like I actually find pieces like this just they're mind blowing in that they are saying explicitly we have this scale of fear about Trump. He's mentally and morally unfit. That's There's nothing clearer than that in these pieces. And yet there's no action that seems to fit the scale of that threat. So let me agree in general, but disagree in the specific. Okay. Uh, I I agree wholeheartedly about all of that. I don't agree in the specific case of Millie because... Hey again, it's JVL. The conversation goes on from there. If you want to hear the rest of the show, head on over to Bulwark Plus and subscribe. We'd love to have you.